buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. Welcome to The Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales change makers across various industries. The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. All right, what is happening, sales hustlers? Thanks for tuning in to another episode. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, Ryan Garellick, who is the sales and marketing manager of Grant Cardone Canada. I hope I didn't butcher your last name too much, Ryan. Oh, uh, you did it better than most, Colin. All right. That's all I can ask for. Um, All (laughs) right. So I'm going to let you, I'm going to let Ryan tell you just the short cliff notes version of who he is, what he does, how he got into sales. And then we're going to dig into some tactical things that you can start implementing to up your sales game, sales hustlers. Ryan, tell us your story. Well, uh, it started with uh, university. I was uh, actually going to Concordia in Montreal. And uh, I started in accounting and I was like, don't want to do that. <laughs> you know don't how many times I've heard that? You know how many times I've heard that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, a lot of people go to school in accounting and they're like, oh, no, sales might be a better option. <laughs> well, I, I knew I wanted to be a businessman. Like I always like I picture myself in an office in a suit and uh, my parents were always pushing me to like something stable and they're like, well, if you don't know what you want to do, you have to pick something. So I was given marketing, finance, or accounting. So they're like, accounting is a stable one. So I was like, all right, I like numbers. Let's just do it. And then mm. uh, in university, I actually was part of an organization that put on the largest student-run uh, sports business conference. Uh, so it's called John Molson Sports Marketing. And as it so happened, uh, my job was to bring in speakers. So like CEOs, general managers. So we had like Mark Bergevin, Ken Holland. We had like these giant like CEOs and um, Darren Drager. And so we bring in these speakers and I'm like, this is a sale. Like they're literally spending time away from their family. I got to get them to get here, book their flight on their own time. And I loved it. Like closing like a guy from like the NFL or a big name. I was like, this is freaking sweet. So um, I got into the sports industry that way. After school, I actually ended up uh, working as a sales rep for the Ottawa Senators. Mm. So, so from there, uh, I didn't know a lot about sales. University, I'll just say this, guys: if there's a university out there that actually teaches sales, like an actual like institution, typical university, let me know. Um, you know, I didn't learn anything 
Oh, there actually there things. actually is these days, and I did not know this, but a previous guest and I were talking about this, and there's actually about 200 universities that teach sales now. Um, you know, I don't know what particulars or how in depth it is or what framework they're following, but you know, there's there's a movement of of, of universities offering this and. I, you know, the more traditional story that I hear is similar to yours, where people fall into sales or have a plan A and plan B is sales. And, you know, then it just kind of goes from there, you know, either kind of love it or hate it. Um, And but I actually um, spoke with a gentleman who he actually went, took classes and advanced classes in sales in university and then got into sales from there, which was very unique. Oh, no way. Yeah, it's it's funny because like. It, like, so I ended up switching into marketing halfway through when I knew I wanted to pursue sales. Um, and they had a sales class, but it was a lot of theory. And like, you can't actually learn something without doing it. Exactly. exactly. Like, it's cra- it, like, if you take a hockey player, like you could teach him like uh, our uh, CEO, Corey, he's, he said this, he's like, you could teach him the, the coefficient of friction of the ice, you know? like until he's actually on the ice and actually practicing and dribbling. So, um, and if you guys want to, there, there is actually a university that we're building out. I'll plug my company. It's uh, Yesa and Grant Cardone Canada. It actually builds a staircase where you could actually earn money and actually learn those skills as you do that as an alternative to university. So Y-E-S-A, Yesa, Young Entrepreneur Sales Academy. And so I didn't have that. I was in university. I went into my sales role with the Ottawa senators, uh, mm-hmm. for the hockey fans out there, um, who follow or anyone who follows the NHL a couple years ago, they went on the most epic run in their history. Uh, second most epic run. They're, uh, a goal away from the Stanley cup final. If you're in sales and you're in sports and you're in that scenario, very easy to sell. Mm. Like people will like kill people to get tickets. So I ended up in a situation where I didn't really have to have any skill. Mm. And then what happened the season after that is that the team fell off a cliff, unfortunately, in terms of their performance. They were like in second to last place. There was PR issues uh, with the owner, Uh, the fans um, for people listening in the States or people that didn't see this. uh, There was a PR issue with the owner where the fans got so upset with the owner that they paid for billboards in the city that said owner get out of town. And oh, so man. for all the salespeople that get objections, uh, you know, too much money, I need to think about it. I was getting like, I hate your owner. You traded all your star players. You're in last place. Like I, I can't even control that. Um, mm-hmm. and what happened was during that time, um, they had brought in like sales trainers and speakers and nothing really stuck. And during that time, I actually, uh, discovered Grant Cardone. And uh, plug Grant Cardone for those of you who don't follow him. Podcast, um, he literally changed my life in terms of sales because um, my now colleague Morgan Walls he sold me Cardone University. It's a training platform that teaches sales every day, and I started training on objections and follow up and all the hardest parts of my jobs. And I ended up increasing my sales like over eighty percent. I became the top sales rep. And I'm like, this is the real stuff. And, and take them out and move to Vancouver and, and help get this in the hands of more people. So that's how I ended up where I am. 
All right. So let's let's peel back the onion a little bit on on some of those things that you brought up because all right, so they had a good run, selling was easy, didn't need to have a lot of skill. It's kind of like if let's say, you know, to just give a different sort of context, right? Maybe you're in SaaS and you're like first to market for some specific problem that you're solving for people. Very easy to sell, right? Until somebody else comes along and they have, you know, better mousetrap, better price, bigger sales team, bigger budget, whatever the case is. And then you're going to start to get a lot of pushback and it's not going to be so easy to sell. So some, what are some of like the key skills that you acquired to overcome some of those brutal objections? Uh, well, the first thing was attitude. So we have a, a postcard in our office. I don't know if you guys could see that. It says no negativity allowed here. Yeah, okay. I love that. Uh, you, you guys could contact me if you want me to send you one. Um, that was the very first thing that the training platform taught me because what happens is in an office environment where there's a lot of people, there's always at least a couple people that tend to say stuff like, you can't do it. Oh, it's the customer's fault. Oh, it's the team. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's management. Oh, we should have it's a lower leads. price. The leads suck. The leads. The leads are weak. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard them all. I've heard them all. Yeah, exactly. So like the, and what happened was I came in all gung ho and I'm like, yeah, I could sell anything. And then the older, more uh, jaded experienced reps started to convince me, oh, it can't be done. Mm. And so I started to believe it. And what Grant says is like, you can train and get better. And there is a way to figure this out. So that was the very first thing is like, there's a way to figure it out. Stop blaming everything but myself. And, and what happens is that most people, when they do that, they actually take away, okay, here's a roadmap where I can figure this out. And so I got resold on my product. I got resold on my company. I got resold on myself. And that allowed me because I, you could learn the fanciest uh, word tracks or objection handles. If you don't believe in your product, if you don't believe that the price is worth it, if you don't believe that your company is going to deliver a great service, it doesn't matter because it's going to come off disingenuous. Oh, yeah. I mean, this and this comes up a lot. And I've talked about this with many people, um, many, you know, people actively active sellers, sales leaders like you really do got to have some passion for what you do and believe that you're helping and serving others or else you're really I mean, you could get by, you could pay your bills. That might be fine, but you're really going to limit yourself and hit a ceiling if that's not there inside of you. Um, but one key thing that I want to kind of just make note of sales hustlers is listen, um, you know, what, one thing that Ryan is talking about is, you know, he went outside of his organization to invest in himself to become better at his craft. And that's extremely important. Whether your organization has professional development, has training, maybe they do, maybe they don't. Unfortunately, a lot, a lot of orgs still don't. Um, and even if you are getting it, you still need to go outside to get a different perspective, to better yourself, to invest in yourself, to really become, you know, the best you possibly can at your craft, which is selling. That, that's absolutely right. And it, it's crazy to think that you have the wealthiest, most successful people on the planet. Every single one of them says, invest a lot of time, money, and energy into self-development and making yourself better. And so few people do it. So for those of, for the sales hustlers that are taking notes right now, the number one rule of success, okay, 
who do you listen to? Mm. Okay. So what you want to do is you want to find someone who's been where you are and, and is where you want to be and just study that person. Just go deep on one or two people. Don't everyone's following like, you know, 80 different people on Instagram and everything's conflicting and you don't end up going anywhere. Study, go deep on one person, spend a lot of money. Like there's people that I know that, that in this office that have spent myself that have spent tens of thousands of dollars into their self-development and they're going places where you need to go. And if you have a man, Oh, I have a manager that's teaching me. Like you have a guy that's earning a hundred grand, 150 grand. That's trying to teach you everything. Like, don't you want to be further than that? Don't you want to study the best of the best? If you want to be great at basketball, why not just study Michael Jordan? Why not just study the greats? Why not just study the number one guy? So that's something that I did. And then, and then I was able to get deep into the content and just drill practice rehearsed till it started really kicking in. Mm, all right. So a couple of key takeaways there sales hustlers is, you know, don't limit yourself of what you're taking in. And it's, this is, you know, a classic example. You are what you eat, right? So are you taking in positivity and are you, you know, taking in somebody who's been where you've been or, or is where you want to go? Um, or are you taking in that negativity that can live inside the sales org of you can't do this. The leads suck. The leadership sucks. The manager's not good because of this. Like, what are you, what are you surrounding yourself with inside and outside of work? Yeah. And, and guys, this is such an important point is like salespeople. Oh, sales is like this. That's like the saying, Oh, sales is like up and down. Why is it up and down is because people have an open mind. An open mind is a liability. Now, a lot of you are thinking, let, let me extend an olive branch. Cause a lot of you are like, what? You should be open-minded. You should. But if you let in every every piece of information, everything you see on TV, everything you see on Instagram, like if, if 95% of the population isn't successful, isn't achieving their dreams, they're depressed, they're this and that, and they're giving information, what kind of result do you think that information is going to give you? Yeah. Not a good one. So what you want to do is like, like I actually stopped following the news. Like I, oh, yeah. I mean, obviously you, it's important to stay on top of what's going on in the world. It's important. Vote, vote everybody. Okay. <laughs> you know, uh, there's like elections happening here. Um, there's elections happening in the yeah. States. Obviously it's important, but like a lot of what you see in the news and social media is negative. And I would just be very aware of like, what is the information that I'm actually taking in and where is the information coming from? Yeah, no, I agree. Like I, I too stopped watching the news as well. Like I, I read little, you know, certain, you know, news that I follow just to kind of stay, you know, up to date with what's going on and things like that. But, you know, are you just sitting there like, you know, head turning, trying to look at the car crash and like then crashing yourself? Right. Or are you spending your spare time listening to educational podcasts, listening or reading books, you know, going out and I mean, there's so many free resources out there. A lot of the people that are putting out great content and really helping and serving others in the sales profession put so much content out for free that, you know, you would be a fool not to follow it. Um, so, you know, what you're taking in is going to be a direct result of how you perform or don't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
And, and by the way, you also have to have a, a solid money mindset. So like I happen, my mentor, and this is, by the way, the cool thing about today, guys, and technology, there's a lot of negatives about technology, but one of the amazing things is I can be mentored by almost anyone who's successful. Okay, so like I've maybe spent maybe a handful of minutes in direct contact with Grant Cardone in my life, but I've spent like probably thousands of hours with him mentoring me. Mm. And this is such a key point is you don't have to be in front of someone to actually study them and have them mentor you. It's what you actually gain from it. So what I would say is just follow someone who has what you want and just go really deep on that content. And, and what happens is if you don't do that and you're just taking in information from everywhere, it's those subtle little things that just get in your head. You have a, a friend, uh, why would you be on commission? <laughs> And, and, and because you're open to everything, you're like, you actually take it genuinely, like you, you genuinely take it into consideration. Now you have all these doubts in your mind. Oh, is what I'm doing right? Oh, maybe I shouldn't be in sales. Oh, maybe this isn't the right thing. And then you don't sound so confident on the call. And that's where you get these ups and downs. So that, that's so one you, of the so you're, So are you, I, I think what you're saying, just to kind of clarify for, for all the sales hustlers out there is... Yes, there's ups and downs, but you can minimize those by, yeah. by and, and that's kind of what you're, 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 you're leading up to is that, you know, you can minimize those ups and downs by having a positive mindset, having a positive attitude and being very intentional about the types of content that you're taking in. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So what, what, what are things that people that are maybe in sales that are feeling like, they've kind of hit a ceiling. Like, what would you tell those people, you know, how could they start to improve or get the right type of content or cut certain things out that might be limiting them? Uh, well, the first thing I would do is look at who are you surrounding yourself with? And, and both in terms of, you know, the, the, the media, television, uh, things you're reading, and then also in terms of the actual people, you know? Like I know a lot of successful people that hung around with, with losers, just, just to be frank, mm -hmm. uh, I'll be candid on this, this podcast losers, like people that were either like doing drugs or like they weren't, they did, uh, didn't care about money. They blamed the government. They blamed everything but themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a, a, a buddy of mine back when I was in Ottawa and he's like, Oh, I, I, I don't like reading. I wouldn't read. Cause then it, uh, I just go off of my own thoughts. And like, it took me a while. Like I, I eventually got out of it, but I'm like, I was hanging around the wrong people. Like, and so one of the reasons that I literally left, like my family is in Montreal. I have family in Ottawa. I had a very comfortable situation. I, you know, was working for an NHL team. Some of you were wondering like, why would you leave all that for uh, a non-guaranteed pure commission sales role and something that's very difficult to sell sales training? with no guarantee and move across the country to Vancouver. And it was because I wanted to get around a big thing was I wanted to get around the right people. Okay. Mm -hmm. People that had done a lot of the things that I wanted to do that had the information that I wanted. So that's the first thing is just take an inventory, like maybe even write out a list. Like who am I hanging around? That's negative. Who am I hanging around? That's holding me back. And then, and then who do I need to surround myself both in terms of actual people and in terms of a mentor, um, 
I highly recommend Grant Cardone because he's one of the sales, tra- like there's a lot of sales trainers out there that are like, you know, they go around, they speak, they earn, you know, 200 grand a year. Like Grant Cardone is someone who's worth about a half a billion dollars. Um, he has uh, seven different companies that are doing in excess of $150 million US. Um, he has a great team. He has a great family. He has an amazing life. He's helping a lot of people. He he's, has zero scandals. He's a very ethical person. So like, it, maybe it's not Grant Cardone for you, but I would just find someone and I would just get started. Uh, maybe it's just starting to read a book. That's how I, the first thing was a YouTube video then a book. And then from a book, I got on the program. Then from a program, uh, you know, I spent, uh, went out to a $3,000 boot camp. So just start somewhere and start ex- escalating. Um, so that would be the first thing inventory of people who am I hanging around with in the information, and then just start investing in your development, start getting on that information. Yeah, no, those are all great things. I mean, just to kind of recap sales hustlers, you know, taking inventory of who you are hanging around. Are they positive people? Do they have the same sort of aspirations or goals as you? Or are they dragging you down? Or what type of content are you taking in? You know, and being mindful of that. And, you know, making sure that what you're the type of content on whatever platforms you're taking it in, social media, podcasts, books, audiobooks are, you know, benefiting you in a way to achieve your goals, being aware of what those goals are and really start to look at investing in yourself. And, you know, be, there's so many people out there that you can, you know, follow, take their content, take their courses. Lots of them have free resources. Um, a lot of people are making things more affordable for folks because of the current situation. Um, and also, you know, ask your peers for help too. If there's somebody that's just totally crushing it, like pe- human beings like to help people. Just naturally, it feels good to help others and serve, but you got to speak up and ask for it. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. And, and that's one of my goals. Like I'll just tell you guys right away. Um, I've spoken to so many successful people that had the Lambo and the the mansion and, you know, the, the stuff as the goal and they hit it and then they get the press. That's like a classic thing. So one of the things that I feel is just a purpose that just really drives me is like, I want to help a lot of people. And, and I'll say something that might offend some people. If you're doing less, if you're on welfare, if you're, uh, saying like, Like, uh, I don't know about in the States, but a lot of people like the government during COVID, they were giving handouts so that like you didn't have to work. So there were people that had the ability to work that literally chose to go home and sit on the couch and watch Netflix. Mm. That's, that's actually selfish. Like to not go for success is actually selfish because if you do work hard, if you do go to success, you end up in a position where you could help people. No, I, I, yeah, I, I think that's a that's a valid point. Um, you know, I I can tell you that there's you know definitely similar situation here where people just you know there was a lot of people that were hiring trying to help. Like, you could no matter what the economic situation is, there's always sales jobs and even always specifically like commission only sales jobs too, right? Um, and if you know. 
it, but it was really hard. A lot of people, I think, thought like, oh, we can, you know, we can hire more people. We can hire sales. We can, you know, partners, whatever the case is, try to do our part to give back and get people back to work. And I think a lot of people ended up disappointed because there was people that just would rather continue to collect what they were making while working or close to and not working. So, yeah, I mean, that there's some people out there that actually really do need that because of whatever their situation is. Um, but you know, you should be actively trying to get back out there, get back to work and do your, you know, do your part to provide and help and serve. Yeah. And, and the problem nowadays is that people are so used to comfort and, and the problem is they don't have goals big enough that are driving them. So like, if you guys want a third thing to focus on, if you're starting out or even if you're like years into the game is like, when's the last time you reviewed your goals? You know, like most people, they review their goals once a year. You know, remember January 1st, 2020? Yeah. Best year ever, right? You know, and and for us, like uh, for me personally and every person in our office, uh, we actually write our goals twice a day. Once in the morning, first thing I get up, I'll go and take a piss first, okay? I have a notebook by my bed and I write down my big, long-term, massive goals, Okay, I'm talking like unrealistic five, 10 years down the future, things I could never even dream of, things that if they happened, it would literally change my life forever. And then I do the same thing at night before I go to bed. And what's mm -hmm. happened is that people, they don't have goals that are driving, they don't have something that they're doing. So they just end up in the day to day and they just end up chasing pleasures. That's why you have people that are comfortable collecting the, the check from the government, watching Netflix and porno and smoking weed and, and doing nothing because there's nothing that's actually driving them. And, and for, for those of you, if, if let me extend another olive branch, because maybe some of you that you're doing some of that stuff, you're like, Hey man, I, you know, I think that's fine. And, and I earned it. I want you to take a day where you watch Netflix for five hours straight. Okay. And then I want you to take a day where you were like hustling, you were meeting people, you were making calls, you were productive, you were winning. Okay. How much more alive, if you compare those days, how much more alive, how much more energetic, how much more, um, you know, on purpose did you feel on the second one compared to the first one? And like that, I feel is just like human nature. Like, I feel like human beings were built that way for a reason. It's, it's your, your, your biology telling you what's actually good, not only for you, but what's productive for society. Yeah, no, I think those are some great, you know, things to think about and compare if you are one of those people that's maybe fallen into a rut, right? Is like, think about a time when you were out there hustling, grinding and how alive you felt. You know, I'm a big believer of, you know, I've, I'm a, I've been, a, I've founded four different companies and I'm still actively a, a sell, you know, I actively am a sales leader and sales doer. I do sales on a regular basis because it's what lights me up. Like I literally cold call on a consistent weekly basis because I enjoy it. And it's what lights fire under my ass to keep going. But something that I want to just acknowledge again that you brought up is those goals, right? Setting those goals that are so big that they don't even seem obtainable. Um, and I, I also believe in then also breaking them down into smaller achievable goals as well. Like you have your big lofty yeah. five, 10 year goal, break it into a yearly, break it into a quarterly, break it into a monthly, weekly, daily, hourly, whatever it takes for you to get to that freaking goal. 
right? Um, but I think that's such a good practice and it's something that I probably should start to implement myself. Like I'm a believer of like a vision board and you put everything down and you have it and you look at it and you, but actually writing it down, you know, I've heard other people talk about this and I think it's something I want to implement is taking that goal, writing it down in the morning and writing it down at the night because you're just constantly reminded of, of, of what your why is, what your reason is, what your pet, you know, where your passion is to get and keep doing why you're doing, you know, it's a reminder of why you're doing what you're doing every day. Yeah, no, exactly. And I, and I have a, a vision board too, and uh, I actually created one and it wasn't working. Like I, I found myself and, and guys, like I'll just admit, like I, it's, it's hard to find the spark every single day, you know, like it, it's, it's not something that's like a permanent, it's something I have to keep working towards. I, I had the, the dream board. And then I realized that you also need a vision board. Like you said, with the intermittent targets, yeah. it, it could seem so lofty, lofty that like, it, Hey, but what's my plan to actually get there. And, you know, on, on this subject, I'll just say guys, like one of my mentors told me recently, like, more than the the Lambo or the the mansion, like what's a purpose? What's a goal that you would literally walk on glass? You would walk on freaking glass to get it and it would be worth it. Mm. And, uh, you know, th th this is something where, you know, uh, you have a lot of, uh, you know, people out there. I was following like Gary Vaynerchuk and I, I love that guy. He's great. But one of his messages is like, you know, do, do what you love that advice is coming from a, him at a place in his life where he's done all the hard things that he hates that now he can do what he loves. And for people starting out to get to where you want to go, sometimes you got to do the things that you hate. Like it, it doesn't seem like it, you know, I'm mm. in the suit and I'm, I'm confident and like, guys, I was like always a very shy person. I wasn't this kind of guy. This came from like grinding and working and practicing and drilling and doing the thing. Like you guys think like, I always like making a cold call. You know, we make anywhere from, you know, 30 to 200 calls in a day in our office every single day. It's not always easy. Literally cold calling people that have sometimes never heard of us don't want it. Okay. And actually persuading them to get on a call. I add the lead from scratch, reach out, do a call, do the follow-up. It's not easy. Not everyone likes doing that, but I have my goals in mind. I have the picture. I know that this is a step towards that ultimate vision. So it's easy, even when it's hard, you know? Yeah, no, I think that's, that makes a lot of sense, right? So, and I think the key piece to that is just constantly being reminded of why you're doing what you're doing. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and, and it sounds like the message that you're telling, you know, the sales hustlers is like, create some good habits, right? And it sounds like that's a good one that they can start implementing if they haven't already. Um, Ryan, thanks so much for coming on today. Really appreciate it. Why don't you let the sales hustlers know what you have for them, how they can connect with you and all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely, guys. So if you're looking for something to get started, um, we actually have, I would recommend checking out, uh, any of Grant Cardone's books, podcasts. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn, on my social media, but we're actually giving away Cardone use university. It's the full platform, follow-up objection, handling, closing everything that you guys would need motivation, how to set goals, personal finances. We're giving that away for, for a year. Um, and we'll put a link in here and make sure that we get the listeners access to, uh, enroll in a contest to actually win that. 
Uh, it also comes with a bunch of cool other prizes. So um, guys, follow me, Ryan Gorelick, G-A-R-E-L-L-E-K. Uh, I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. Who knows what other one's coming out soon? <laughs> but, uh, I, think I, I think I covered the main ones. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much, Ryan, for coming on. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, share with your friends, and we're listening for your feedback. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out. And if you feel that you are ready, set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.